0: Hello, and welcome to this extra inning of the ballpark, a podcast from the Fail and US Center here at the London School of Economics. I'm Chris Gilson, managing editor of the Fail and US Center's blog on US politics and policy USAP. Climate change is an important issue for the world and for the United States. Given its size and economic power, the US has the potential to be a world leader in tackling the climate change crisis. With this in mind, in the spring of 2023, the Phelan U.S. Center held an essay competition for LSE master students. Students were asked to answer the question prompt, what responsibility does the U.S. have to the rest of the world on climate change? Rather than writing a more traditional academic style essay, we asked students to write in the style of a USAP blog post, less than 1,000 words, aimed at a wide audience and hyperlinks to sources rather than traditional style references. After submission, the essays were judged by a panel of failing U.S. Center staff and LSE academics. The essay competition winner was Oscar Parry, an LSE anthropology student, who wrote about how the U.S. must do more to combat carbon inequality in the global economy. The two runners-up were Aliyah Youssef from the LSE's School of Public Policy, who wrote The Decarbonization Dilemma, The U.S. Must Tread the Fine Line Between Domestic Net Zero and International Development Objectives, and Jibin Raja, from LSE International Relations, who wrote, The United States bears the greatest responsibility in the fight against climate change, but policy ought to be securitized and colored in the language of self interest. The winner and runners up all had their climate change essays published on our USAP blog. You can read them at blogs.lsc.ac.uk forward slash blog. Oscar Perry and Jibun Raja were also able to attend an event in the UK Parliament in April of 2023 to present and to discuss their essays with members of the British American Parliamentary Group and other UK members of Parliament. In June of 2023, I spoke to Oscar Parry, Jibran Raja and Aliyah Youssef about their experiences of the essay competition. Welcome to the The Ballpark Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to, to speak to us. Um, can I just get you all to introduce yourself and just tell us what your program of study is at LSC? Uh,
1: I'm Jibran Raja and I'm currently studying International Relations, um, MSC.
2: I'm Alia, and I am currently a Master of Public Administration student, entering my second year.
1: Hi, I'm Oscar Parry,
3: and I'm currently studying Social Anthropology.
0: So, just to start off, can you each talk about how you found out about our Climate Change essay competition for master's students, and why you entered it?
1: Uh, So, I found out about the essay competition through a, a weekly newsletter that comes through through the International Relations Department. And the format I found pretty interesting because it wasn't really linked to how you write essays in a traditional academic format. It was more of sort of a blog style format. Uh, what I found particularly interesting about it was the opportunity to be able to present to MPs in Parliament, um, as well as obviously the um, opportunity to have it published on the blog. Uh, that's something you don't traditionally get with the essay competitions. And I think having your ideas being published to the wider world is a particularly a uh, good opportunity um and something that you um can use in your professional life as well
2: so as for me i found out about the essay competition through some of uh the lse department uh pages on twitter uh i can't remember which one but uh it led me to the sorry uh, it led me to the page uh and i also saw some of the previous competitions you guys had i think with the undergraduate uh, competitions and i had a look through The page and decided I want to try and join in for
3: this one yeah I think I just got an email about it from somewhere I can't really remember but the reason I wanted to enter it was because I've always had a major interest in climate change science and that's one of the reasons I took a physics degree in Manchester and that's one of the main reasons I actually decided to study at LSE was to look at the intersection between climate science and climate policy so I thought this essay competition would be a great excuse to study more about US climate policy.
0: Fantastic, thank you. So, my next question is, I'd love each one of you to give a very brief summary of your essay and and its argument. Maybe only two or three minutes.
1: So, what I primarily argued was that uh, United States climate policy is being held back by domestic factors um, and American politicians aren't really appealing to the interests of the public, which are mostly rooted in security issues. Um, Historically speaking, I cited some examples from the 2020 election uh, where Joe Biden didn't really um, hone into the security um, aspect of climate change policy. And I think this is particularly important because climate change does have a significant impact on national security as well. Uh, For example, we see in, in places like Holland, They have been securitizing this issue in order to uh, create, um, sort of, in order to basically create a a sense of um, urgency uh, with regards to climate change. So I thought what uh, future US politicians could do is securitize this issue and therefore create a sense of bipartisanship as well between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, Because as uh, polling suggests, Republican voters are more concerned with these kind of issues. And once you have a sense of bipartisanship, that allows um, the U.S. system to actually take things seriously. Whereas if only one side is making the argument, uh, the U.S. system is structured as such, so it will not really allow for much progress on such an issue. So I thought that was uh, that was basically the main crux of my argument. And um, yeah.
2: So my essay was about the EV policy in the United States. So the U.S. in its infla- Inflation Reduction Act uh, focused a lot on integrating EVs into their uh, future policies in terms of uh, transportation. And I wanted to highlight how uh, that policy doesn't take into account the potential externalities that could arise. And in particular, I highlighted the case of Indonesia, even though there are a lot of cases, for example, uh, cobalt in uh the DRC, and then uh, lithium in Latin America, I wanted to spotlight uh, nickel in Indonesia, which supplies the key ingredient for EV battery, uh, about a third of the world's supply for nickel, and how the production of nickel itself involves a lot of steps that could actually contaminate the environment, pollute the rivers, and also uh, divide the communities. And I wanted to make sure that, I wanted to show that while... Focusing on increasing the production of electric vehicles, there was also an emphasis on the side of the US to, as a market mover to make sure that they can source a nickel responsibly. And as a second part of my argument, I also wrote about how US public transportation is important and how the US also has a degree of soft power in terms of influencing the architecture and urban design of other countries, a lot of urban design and architecture design in the world is uh, inspired by uh, the design that they have in the United States, uh, especially car-centric urban design. And I wanted to make sure that to show that in, if the U.S. can show that they can implement less car-centric and more walkable cities, that it can also show to other countries that they can also implement this sort of design in their own cities as well.
3: So my essay focused on the fact that although there's a lot of discourse about how China is producing a lot of carbon emissions, and it is the current global leader, historically, if you look at emissions from 1850 to 2015, the US produced over half of excess emissions despite only having 5% of the global population. And additionally, U.S. companies hold vast amounts of shares globally, so, and they do this thing called carbon exporting where they produce all these goods and services in another country. The carbon emissions get assigned to that country, but then the goods and services are actually consumed in the U.S., so that also adds to their emissions. And then I also drew attention to the fact that a hundred of the world's largest fossil fuel companies have produced 71% of emissions since 1988. And also the fact that the wealthiest 10% of people, have, which includes over 100 millions of Americans, have produced about half of emissions. So my main argument was that America, because of these factors, should vastly step up funding, both for developing nations to help them transition to a more carbon-efficient economy, and also internally, they could do something akin to the post-war Marshall Plan and completely decarbonize their economy, which over half of Americans support that policy going through now.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much for those summaries. Uh, There were fantastic essays and great summaries there too. So Jim and Ali, you were the runners-up for the competition. Oscar, you were the the winner. Can I ask each one of you how you felt when you found out you were the the runners-up and the winner?
1: Well, obviously, I was uh, very pleased to to, to hear that. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, originally, I remember uh, getting a call from you uh, and uh, realising that uh, if I hadn't been a, not, hadn't been a winner or runner-up, I probably wouldn't have gotten, gotten a call. So, uh, yeah, I, I was just uh, excited to have the opportunity to be able to um, present in Parliament uh, because I'm quite interested in UK politics as well on that side. And, uh, yeah, overall, I've just... Um,
2: Uh, Same with Gibran. So for me, I also received a call from you. And to be honest, I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) Uh, So I was very, very happy when he told me the good news.
3: Yeah, I mean, just echoing the points, very happy. And I think the Parliament presentation was a really good experience. So I was very pleased that I was able to do that.
0: Do you think that the essay competition has been helpful or beneficial to you? And not just necessarily being a, a winner or runner up, just the, the process of engaging with the essay competition. Has it been helpful for you, for you personally, or maybe even professionally? Yeah, I
1: think uh, one of the things that it helped me with was writing style, which uh, was a little bit different, as I already mentioned, to traditional essays. Um, especially if you're maybe looking at a future career in, in um, maybe journalism or um, sort of writing out story in an academic context, uh, you have to sort of align your writing style to the sort of house um, rules, or house sort of writing style, and uh, especially being able to condense it within the, I can't remember the word count, was a thousand words or something. Um, that was, again, particularly helpful because being able to condense a lot of information or, or a sort of an argument in a very short space of time was short amounts of words is uh, definitely a skill that uh, is necessary in, in professional life as well as I said if you're going into those kind of careers like journalism and um, yeah definitely on that, on that side it's helpful. Uh, on a personal level um, again being able to commit time to something that's not directly part of my course uh, is something I think it is it's a good skill to learn as well uh, you know having the ability to go beyond what your course does and showcases to maybe employees as well, uh, that you're able to to do something like this and um, you'll be able to go above and beyond what's required. Yeah, those are the two, I think, main benefits uh, from a personal and professional level that's I acquired.
2: On a personal level for me, I thought it was fulfilling that I could write something from my own perspective, which was something that I saw uh, during my work experience before I started at LSE. So uh, that was really great for me. And... Another thing is uh the opportunity to showcase my writing to employers which has already happened to be honest when I started my first week for my internship my supervisor already saw my essay even though I didn't tell <laughs> I didn't tell him beforehand so uh I think uh it's it's really good for them to get an idea of what uh, you're capable of and I think also I saw some websites share my articles which was also exciting for me uh, definitely the first time and it really motivated me to try and write some more.
3: Yeah I think um, it was a big challenge trying to condense all the points into the a thousand words and be able to communicate it to people who might not have read much around the topic and it's also a really good excuse to research into a topic that you're interested in like I didn't know a lot of the the points that I made before I started the essay but I think for me the biggest benefit was doing the public presentation because I haven't really ever done a kind of like formal presentation before. So although I was very nervous, um, I think it went okay. So it was a big step and very useful.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. I just want to kind of go into that point a little bit more. So this was in a thousand-word essay that that you were asked to write and you're all master's students. How does it sort of differ for maybe for those who are listening who are thinking about you know, coming to university, doing university, or maybe who have been out of uh, the education system for a while. How did the kind of the, the remit of the essay competition differ from the kind of essays, the kind of content you'd be writing, you know, on a weekly sort of basis as, as master's students here at the LSE? And that's an open question for anyone to answer.
1: I think one of the things was that um, if, if you think about the difference between essay and academic sense and sort of a opinion piece, you might read in a newspaper, it's sort of that kind of. Although, although it was more on the academic side, it still it has similarities to the kind of piece you might read in the newspaper. Um, in the sense, you're not going to be citing in the sen- like academics on a very, um, you know, not going to be citing them all the time as you might do in an essay. Um, you might not really think about. I mean, I, I did include the theory, securitization theory, but you're not going to be sort of comparing a lot of theories. It's, it's going to be more on the policy side of things. Um and obviously the similarities are that you should have a strong argument and cite uh, cite uh, your sources. But the, even the method of citing was, was a little different. You sort of have the hyperlinks rather than doing the kind of bibliography and the uh, sort of in um, footnotes or the in, in text citations as well. So in that sense, it was also a little different. Uh, what I did uh, was I sort of read some of the other essays on, on, or sort of the other pieces on the website, and I kind of thought about how they were structured and how they were kind of, uh, you know, laid out, and that provided inspiration for how I should structure it as well.
2: Definitely agree on using the uh, previous essays as inspiration for the structure, but I think for me, uh, the main difference would be how we can highlight our own examples and show observations that we may have had beforehand even if even if say there is not a theory that goes along with it 100% just uh, laying it out uh in the open for other people to read and think about is already uh, a huge benefit uh in my opinion in uh as for an opinion an essay piece
3: I think for me the main difference was that you had to cover a huge, a much broader topic in a much shorter amount of words. So in academia, I feel like you often go really into detail on quite a small area. Um, Whereas in this essay, because a lot of people reading it won't be up to date with a lot of the current theories in the area, you have to kind of like highlight those theories and give good examples. So, yeah, I think that's the main difference.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Um, some of you've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but I will ask it again because I want to hear more. How did you feel about having your work published to a wider audience on the center's USAP blog, which I will say has over a million page views every year? So it's it is a place that is viewed externally uh from people all over the world.
1: Yeah, that was that was definitely the aspect So I don't know if I mentioned it before, but um it's an appealing sort of element to being a runner up in the essay prize, uh, I remember reading about that figure of I don't know how many million, but um, having your, your work published to such a wide audience, which includes uh, a lot of experts as well in the, in their field, is a is definitely a good experience uh, when you're especially as a master's student and you haven't really had opportunities to kind of publish um, your work before to wider audiences. Um, I don't know, maybe someone listening to this is wanting to do a PhD or something. Uh, you might have the opportunity to also showcase your work as well in a more of an academic context uh also as i said it's not purely academic but uh, at least it's, it's kind of a start
2: uh i think it's definitely a good stepping stone if you are interested in uh going down the path of uh writing and honestly not even writing say if you're interested in going into a think tank or other careers that involves that yeah that involve a lot of uh uh, writing and research this is definitely a good uh, starting point uh, for you as a master student and of course it makes me very happy to think that uh, there could be a lot of people uh, reading my piece and just to have them know about uh, the additional case of Indonesia uh, on top of the DRC in Latin America that's often discussed that also makes me very happy so
3: Yeah, I think the main thing is just getting out of academia and having people in the wider world reading your work is very exciting because I feel like there is this tendency in academia for there to be kind of an internal debate between different academics over a very niche topic. And not a lot of people are aware of that outside. So having that wider audience is um, very helpful. And similarly to you, I think. So I saw some kind of centre retweeting the essay. Mm. So I was like... It's actually out there. People are reading it. It's, it's a good feeling.
0: That's wonderful. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of the purpose of the USAP blog is to bring academic commentary to a wider audience. And we were very keen to use this essay competition as an opportunity to, to bring, to give the opportunity to master students who wouldn't normally necessarily get that opportunity. And that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, in what ways did the essay competition enhance your experience as a master's student at the LSC?
1: well as as you as you mentioned as as a master's student you don't typically get the opportunity to have your your writing published um and obviously within the uh, context as a master's student you're all you're really doing is is writing essays to, which are going to be looked at by your sort of course teachers um and sort of trying to make a name for yourself as it were it's a little difficult so having this entering this uh, essay competition uh, really allows you to do that and uh, be able to showcase yourself as a master student um, through, you know, uh, a platform like the LSE um, US Center, which is a really uh, prestigious platform, uh, platform um, and really uh, renowned among uh, policy circles. So that aspect, I think, was really um, beneficial to me as a master student. I think for me,
2: it. It made me think about writing for my essays in a different light as well, because when I was writing the essays, I, was, I found myself trying to come up with an original argument, and that actually fed into the way I was writing my essays for my academics as well, uh, because sometimes we are so focused on trying to use uh, theories and basing our arguments off of those, but sometimes... Sometimes I forget that uh, we can also uh, put in a lot of our own original thinking as well and incorporating those theories instead and uh, yeah, showing our own point of view.
3: I think, yeah, mainly just um, like a good confidence boost in knowing that people like your writing and are reading it um, outside of academia.
0: Yeah, It occurs to me that um, you're all from different disciplines, right? You're all studying different disciplines. Had you had any of you actually studied climate change in your coursework or anything like that? Just thinking, sort of interested in the kind of how someone, because the whole point of the essay was that you could interpret the, the question, the prompt from any discipline. Did that affect your thinking at all? Did you think, oh, that's interesting. It's, I can, it doesn't matter that I'm from X or Y discipline.
1: Well, yeah, as, obviously as an international relations student, it was um, definitely quite linked to what I'm doing in my course. Uh, I haven't already. I haven't, you know, taken a module on climate uh, policy or anything. Uh, at least not on postgraduate level. Um, but I did come across actually securitization theory briefly during one of my courses on. Um, I think it was issues in international relations, one of the introductory courses I took, which was compulsory. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind. So when I was kind of thinking, what um, sort, of, sort of argument I should make, I took inspiration from one of the. Um, I guess you could say uh, weeks in in the course, and um, although I didn't really cite necessarily cite the the kind of scholars that we read during the course, um, I did my own research to just expand on that um, within the kind of remains of climate policy in the US, and um, that was definitely helpful.
2: I, th- I thought. So I actually I haven't taken a module in climate policy, but I did take a module on environmental ethics back in my undergraduate days and uh, that did uh, feed into uh, the way I was thinking about my piece as well but for the most part I think uh, what I'm studying which incorporates some economics as well uh, definitely uh, influenced the way I was writing and the way I was looking at the whole issue of uh, EV battery and the externalities that could come up I've
3: studied um, some climate science before when I was doing my physics degree, but I think doing this essay was very useful in uh, helping me like research policy, which I haven't really looked into before. Like um, in anthropology, you look at the effects of climate change on kind of culture and society and almost a philosophy of like, how people think about climate change, but you don't really analyze the policy, the concrete policies. So I think that's this essay was very helpful in helping inform me about that. Thank you.
0: Is this competition, uh, if and when it's run next time, is the competition a good opportunity for LSE students?
1: Yeah, definitely. I'd say uh, to go for it because um, first of all, it doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, it's only a thousand words, which um, is probably not going to take you uh, ages, and also the format is not not such that you have to be extensively researching a lot of of journal articles or anything, Uh, you can, I I use a lot of of, um, articles from news sites and um, some other online sources, so the research aspect is a little easier, Um, and kind of, you don't, you don't really have anything to lose I guess uh it's um as long as you follow the formats that you you sort of see on the site and maybe even look at uh, the current essays or the current winners or runners up for inspiration uh, I think that would be some good advice uh if you're looking to do this
2: hundred percent give it a shot especially even if you don't have any published writing before uh this is exactly the chance you can take to uh, have your writing published out there even for me i didn't have anything out there before so uh, this is an exciting first for me and if i'm not mistaken from the moment they announced the competition and the deadline i think we all had two weeks to write uh the essay so don't worry about it if you are nervous about what other people are going to write just focus on what you're going to write yeah,
3: I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And um, especially the presentation element is like, um, you know, that's a once in a lifetime chance to actually go and present your work in parliament. Like, yeah, you know, so give it a shot for sure.
0: Has taking part in the essay competition given you any new perspectives on climate change, sustainability, or any part of your experience as a student here at LSE? Yeah, I mean... Um...
1: With my essay in particular, sort of looking at the sort of domestic um, interplay between climate policy and sort of uh, public opinion as well. So that sort of element of of climate policy I hadn't sort of considered before. But because I'd be interested in that kind of thing in other aspects of international relations uh, during my academic career, um, I hadn't um, I hadn't sort of looked at that in, in relation to climate policy as much. So I guess. Um, I don't know what the topic is going to be next year, but whatever the topic is, you might have the opportunity to look at it through the lens of a different angle and um, therefore be able to broaden your knowledge as well, um, which might help you as a student.
2: For me, I think it highlighted the point of trying to take into account all the different points of view that uh, we should consider. Uh from other countries as well as the US itself. And on a personal note, it also made me reach out to uh, different people to ask for their perspectives on uh, how they view this uh, climate change issues and how uh, particular issues are affecting their lives. So I think for me, it's also a good exercise in, you know, uh, yeah, reaching out to people and just uh, broaden your horizons.
0: Can I just follow up about that? Who did you reach out to and how how did you do it for your essay? That's really interesting.
2: Oh, uh, it's more so uh, that there are other LSE students and uh, also people back home that uh, I knew about but never necessarily spoke to on a regular basis. So I just talked to them about uh, their work in NGOs and what they learned from their working experience and all of that.
0: Fantastic. Oscar, new perspectives?
3: Um, I think the new perspectives I got was how big the task will be in transitioning the US to a greener economy. But I think also the fact that this was the... I think the most interesting thing for me were that, was that there's $6 trillion of fossil fuel subsidies worldwide and the cost of transitioning to a net zero economy is only four $4 trillion. So if you could somehow stop all those fossil fuel subsidies and put them into transitioning, then the, the job would be done. But the question is, how do we do that?
0: Has this changed the way you think about the climate crisis, climate change, in, in, just in your lives in general? Uh, or was it just more of an academic kind of exercise for you? I think it's um,
1: definitely made me realise that there's elements of politics to the climate change uh, dilemma and well I was already aware about it as well beforehand but sort of de- deepened my knowledge as well in that regard, that it's not really easy to actually change people's perceptions especially um, these days when we're, we've we got a lot of climate denial as well, so which is you know, in, especially in the US and even in the UK um, and sort of how to change that because it's pretty difficult because people's mindsets are typically quite uh, ingrained as it were Um and people talk about sort of tackling climate change, but really, it's it, it's very difficult to do that when you don't even have people convinced that it's a real problem. Um, I think the root of the problem is actually convincing people first, um, and then tackling. But obviously, there is also a big time constraint as well. So yeah, it, it's really made me appreciate how difficult it is to actually make uh, progress on climate change. Uh, Issue, but obviously, uh, as well, I should probably end on an optimistic note, which is that uh, we have been making progress um, in the US as well. They've recently passed legislation on this, so I'm not, not overly pessimistic, but at the same time, uh, there is a need to change public opinion.
2: For me, I think it made me look at a lot of sustainable investing in ESG, uh, and ESG policies in a new light and uh, to make sure that we view them through a more critical lens because uh, the more I read about this, the issues that I wrote about in my essay, the more apparent the whole greenwashing uh, agenda is in, the, uh, in businesses all over who, who end up using uh, carbon reduction as one of their uh, brownie points, so to speak, uh, for their own uh, businesses and their own PR. So just to make sure that uh, from their uh, entire supply chain that uh, we take into account all the possible effects that uh, could arise from their businesses.
3: Yeah, I think for me, the main thing I got out of the essay was um, just how much the fossil fuel indices has has managed to frame the way we think about climate change. So for example, Rex Tillerson, the former CEO of ExxonMobil, says climate change is an engineering problem and has engineering solutions. And a lot of the kind of policies that are being pursued um, reflect this. So like, for example, there's all these negative emissions technologies, uh, like the main one that's being promoted is called BECS Bioenergy with Carbon Capture and Storage. And the scheme involves establishing massive tree plantations all around the world with the idea that they'll suck in CO2 out of the atmosphere as they grow and they then get harvested and burned to generate energy. And this is being used in like the IPCC's reports in no fewer than 101 out of the 116 scenarios for staying under 2 degrees. So but the the main reason for this is that this scenario means that we don't have to decarbonize now. We can just rely on planting these trees at a later date that will save everyone. But if we Planted the trees like at a scale that would actually stop the two degrees. It would cover two thirds of the world's arable land. So it's a like it's a crazy scheme, but that it's been put in almost all of the scenarios. And similarly, the UK's net zero plans rely on um, carbon capture schemes under the ground, and they're investing twenty billion pounds into this. But you could be investing that money into like insulating homes you know, expanding public transport to cut down on cars. So I think for me, it really made, it drove home the point that there's money being put into schemes that aren't proven when it could be put into schemes that could have real effects today.
0: Alia, unfortunately, you weren't able to, to join us for the parliamentary event that we had. So this question is more for, for Gibran and Oscar, although do feel free to, to weigh in if you want, Alia. Um Could you talk a bit about your experiences just briefly of presenting your essays in Parliament and talking to MPs about the competition and about climate change?
1: Yeah, so I think it is definitely a very um, uh, good experience. Actually, I, I didn't know some of the MPs who would be there, but um, I knew Greg Clark, uh, Greg Clark, I think it was. Um, some of the others I hadn't heard of before, but I looked into their background as well, and they all been sort of active in in uh, climate change. So I think uh, putting putting your ideas forward to them uh you never know it might influence uh future um policy making as well or future ideas that go into um you know relations with the u s and sort of the um networking they do with their u s counterparts uh obviously otherwise uh, they wouldn't be spending their time listening to what you say what you have to say so it's definitely something influential um on a personal sort of point of view. You also have having the opportunity to sort of network with MP as well, which might come into useful become useful if you're perhaps looking up going to politics or, or working in politics or parliament as well. Uh you get an idea of how Parliament works as well. I mean, not not in an in depth way, but you kind of see uh Porkless House as well and um, sort of the insides of Parliament, which is definitely a good experience.
3: Yeah, I think just having MPs listening to your ideas is a. Uh Very exciting and surreal. And also having their shadow MP for climate change there and she said like, oh, I'm going to look into all the links you put down. I think that was a really like mind-blowing moment of like you're actually going to impact the real world and real policy. So yeah, it was
0: a great experience. Members of Parliament were given the opportunity to view all three of the essays, I believe. Cool. And maybe just a kind of a, If you could say in in just a few words, what would you say to others considering entering the contest next time the Phelan US Centre runs it?
1: Well, I'd say, you know, be confident in your own abilities because uh, to be an LSE student, you've already had to have, you know, um, academic excellence on your uh, record. So you're definitely capable capable enough to be able to write um, a winning entry. Um, it's just a matter of how much preparation you do and how much research you do. Um, yeah, maybe talk to your uh, professors as well, especially if they're in, um, especially if they're working in the US center. So I, I reached out as well to Professor Professor Trubowitz, who's my um, personal tutor as well, uh, and he gave me some advice as well on uh, sort of what kind of literature I should be reading. Um, so yeah, that will just be my main advice to be, to be confident and uh, do your research.
2: I think I'm going to copy Gibran's words from earlier. <laughs> you've got nothing to lose. Uh, just give it a shot. And uh, it really is a really good opportunity to show uh, some original thinking that you've got. And the blog's got a lot of readers and you never know how it's going to benefit your work experience later on. So yeah, just give it a shot.
3: Yeah, I think it's just a great opportunity to research like a topic that you wouldn't normally look into, and you learn a lot doing it, and it's only a thousand words, so definitely give it a go.
0: Well, that's all the substantive questions I have uh, for everyone this afternoon. It strange to say, Jibran, Alia, Oscar, thank you so much for joining us on The Ballpark this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: And that's it for this extra inning of The Ballpark. Thanks so much to Oscar Parry, Aliyah Yousaf, and Jubin Raja for joining us in this episode. For more information about the Phelan US Centre and our essay competition, go to wwwlscacuk forward slash united states. And keep an eye on our social media feeds for details about our next essay competition. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at LSE underscore US. And on Facebook, we're LSE United States. This extra inning was produced by Chris Gilson and Anderson Tan. Our theme tune is by Ranger and the Rear Rangers, a Seattle-based gypsy jazz band. You can look them up at rangerswings.com. To listen to all our previous episodes, just enter LSE Ballpark into your search engine of choice. You'll find us. We're free to listen to, and like lots of other podcasts, we're ad-free. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Email us any feedback at uscenter at or you can send us a tweet at lsc underscore us. And please tell your friends about us. The content and opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of the failing US Centre or of the London School of Economics. Thanks so much for listening.